Yes, guys. <laughs> Welcome back to a, another edition of Onto the Ball, where my worst nightmares have been realised. Jurgen Klopp to leave Liverpool at the end of the season. Some would say I've got my wish because in the summer when FSG were, could I call it abusing him? Um, not backing him in the transfer market. I absolutely begged him to walk to save his reputation, to save his sanity. Uh, for the next half an hour or so, we're going to go over what has been the final straw that broke the camel's back, that is making Jurgen Klopp turn his back on his beloved Liverpool, this team that he has built. Um, this is fair to say, Trav, it's the Liverpool 2.0. I mean, they're not my words, they're Jurgen Klopp's words. Liverpool 2.0, a feeling refreshed. He's building his second side, a side that's packed with players like Canate, McAllister, Sabosle, Luis Diaz, Jota. Nunes. Um, Nunes, how can we forget Nunes? Endo's a bit older, so forget him. Gravenberg, it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever why this bombshell has been dropped today. I'm absolutely heartbroken. I can't get my head around it. Every emotion going today, it's been pride first and foremost, thinking about what he's achieved, the glory days he's given for me, my Liverpool supporting mates, all the trophies. He's won everything there is to win, uh, apart from the Europa League, which no one wants to win anyway. So he might even <laughs> add that by the end of the season, he might even add it. But his pride is the first word that comes to mind but then as the day's going on I'm getting anger I'm getting disbelief I'm confused it it just none of it makes sense don't Travis feel it don't feel real does it it doesn't I mean, it doesn't feel real no. once it got to two or three in the afternoon Trav I, I was you know that kind of thing was is this a nightmare was it a dream and then it's just like sinking in you're like this is real yeah I mean I didn't think anything could top the Kaiseido. Kaiseido, love you. <laughs> but here we go. Here we go, mate. I mean, yeah, even as a even from a United fan perspective, I'm obviously delighted with the news, but I even I'm shocked. Like I I did not know where that was coming from today. That that just came out of nowhere, that news. Um but on the flip side of that. It's sort of, to me, I mean, I'm sure we'll go into more detail as to why you think this has been announced and, and the timing of it being announced. But I hate to say it, but I got these feelings about Jurgen Klopp last season. Like, towards the middle of last, middle to back end of last season, I was saying that I think Klopp sort of, whether he goes into management straight away after the next season, which he said he's not going to, I did get the feelings that, he was sort of ready for a new challenge, like especially with Michael Edwards leaving and things like that, and this sporting director coming in on a temporary basis. Something just felt a little bit off to me. It just didn't feel right. I just didn't feel he felt as comfortable as he's felt previously in his tenure. I didn't get the messages that... I mean, obviously, at the time, you were saying that he, you felt he was really ready to go again and really build this other side. And the transfers... No. I didn't, Trav, if you remember, and this is why I'm so glad you've come on tonight, because obviously you've got that side of it. And yeah, you called it, you're right. But if you yeah. remember, 
I said under these circumstances in FSG, I don't see how he can continue. I actually wanted him to quit, if you remember. Yeah, you did so say that. Yes, he, he was backed in a sense with more than he's ever been backed with in yeah. terms of a net spend. But let's not get away from it. He wanted Jude Bellingham. We let him go. Okay, we're heading into January now. They've probably said there's no more money. Yeah. Last summer was a one-off. If you think you're getting 100 million every, every summer, it's Move not your happening. Mic a little bit. It just sounds a bit fuzzy. I don't know why. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I think that 100 million net spend in the summer, that was a rarity. So it's not going to be uh, the norm, so to speak. This isn't yeah. Liverpool spending 100 million net every summer now. That was a one-off because the, the team needed it. So I think he's probably heading into another summer and it was in the words today in his press conference he was like i can't be asked to go again and again and again and for me that again and again and again means water into wine constantly constant and for that i agree with you i don't think he's and i don't know how he's had the energy to get this far to be honest no i genuinely don't it's massive i mean like you said i wouldn't say like papering over the cracks but he really has been turning players into like really rough diamonds like players that you, you just not, not even necessarily not heard of but he's got a catalogue of players that if they would have been under other managers they probably wouldn't have developed like they did under Jurgen Klopp and I mean I always use Jordan Henderson as an example of that he's just a he was just your run-of-the-mill standard midfield player looked unbelievable under Klopp um, in those seasons when he won the Champions League and stuff like that. He, he became a real leader. And like you said, he, he's got a carousel of players that he did that with, even the likes of Sadio Mane, Salah being a, sort of a, an ex-Chelsea reject, so to speak, leaving the Premier League, going away and coming back and turning him into one of the best players that the Premier League's ever seen. Um, even the likes of Bobby Firmino, no one had really heard of him and like, made him into one of the top force nines. And there's so many players, even the players that had gone and Coutinho and yeah, the list is endless. He's done a real fantastic job of turning average-ish players into top players. Don't get me wrong, you've spent money in certain areas on the Van Dykes and the Allisons and broke records in other senses and that, but the general job that he's done and the consensus of the job that he's done has been a, a real top draw performance really over the years. And I think the proof's going to be in the pudding because I know there's been contrast and conflict about how well Liverpool are run as a club. And I think the model is very sustainable from a financial point of view. But in terms of the resources the managers get on a net spend competing with the rest of the teams around them, it's probably not where you would expect it to be for a team that challenges for the league all the time. So you then take this manager out of that equation and you put somebody else in i mean i don't know who's going to take the job next but it's going to be sort of like when fergie left no one's going to want that job to try and emulate 100 i mean who's going to want to try and emulate what he's done in his thing that was going to be one of my points you ask unite emery how he got on following arsene wenger you ask david moyes how he got on following sir alex ferguson this next appointment, it, it's almost going to be like they're on a hide into nothing. Yeah. But like, if if I'm, I've been at it in my Liverpool group chat all day today. Mm. There's, there's four of us in there, and we're fifty-fifty. Two of us are blaming FSG. Two of us are taking Klopp's words 
um, at face value saying, look, he's exhausted. Let the guy go with his head held high. He's not slagging off FSG. He's mm. not saying it's because of this or that. you got to just try and trust what he's saying. And I'm like, I can't have it. I cannot have it. FSG have exhausted him. As you said, turning water to wine in, in, in our opinions. He has. Look, let's be honest. He has. Jurgen Klopp has done an absolutely terrific job. However, when you get into the ninth year that he's been here, you go through the summer where Jude Bellingham was on. No one can ever deny that. He was on. I'll go, I'll die on a hill with that. Jude Bellingham was on, and we pulled out as soon as his wages got stratospheric. We went down a different route. And yes, some will say it, it's worked out better for us. Sabosle, Endo, Gravenbeck, McAllister. Mm. However, when you're looking at like going for another two or three years. Jurgen Klopp is probably thinking he couldn't have left last year, basically, could he? Because Liverpool no. had a wretched season. Yeah, he wouldn't have, so could... have wanted to go out like that, definitely. So, so now that we're on the ascendancy, he's probably thinking now's a better time to bow out when we're kind of at the top of the league. We're chasing a quadruple of sorts. Yeah. And the fan base are largely happy. People are laying off FSG. He's probably thinking now is the good time to go, but why? Why is he thinking it when he only signed a new contract eighteen months ago? Why? Why is there a sudden change? And why did he have to? If it is for his family and health reasons, mm. maybe exhaustion. His family would have known that they would have made the decision together. But in his words, he broke it to his wife Ulla and explained it to her and almost convinced her like this is why. If it was family and health, she would have already known that, wouldn't she? Yeah. So to me, it, I point the finger firmly at FSG being like, I cannot go on any, any longer under these conditions of a net spend less than Nottingham Forest, less than Brentford, less than Aston Villa. And it still sustained these title charges and trophy hunts. It just it isn't sustainable. So this manager's once in a lifetime. So we're talking about the next guy in and I've put it up on the... Um, yeah. The yellow ticker. Do you like the yellow? That's the Sky yeah. Sports I when do. it's like when fun. it's major, Great. major breaking news. And, and I always thought it, the next time I use the yellow ticker will be for Ten Hag out. And look how it's <laughs> ended up now. Absolutely heartbroken, man. Um, but if you think the, about it, this next yeah. manager. Sorry, try just to finish no off. This next manager now to follow yeah. Jurgen Klopp. He's going to have to be another once-in-a-lifetime type of manager. And that is maybe where Xabi Alonso fits because Leverkusen are challenging at the top of the Bundesliga with no money up against uh, Bayern Munich, nonetheless. Mm. He might be that that guy and we'll get onto it. But they're going to be looking for another guy that you can forget 100, 150, 200 million net spend like Ten Hag gets, like Pep gets, like uh, Pochettino gets or Chelsea spend. You can forget about it. So it's that type of guy to get in and, and fit that kind of mould. It's almost gonna, like basically what I'm trying to say, they're going to be on to a loser straight away. Well, yeah, this is the thing because of the expectation level now that's been built with Klopp over the years and what, I mean, does the next is the, is the next guy next season expected to challenge for the league straight away? Because that's what I did. When Fergie left and Moyes came in, I expected us to, it to just be normal service resumed. So it's it's very natural for that sort of assumption to happen. I think Liverpool fans are sort of going to demand that. Well, it depends. As a Liverpool fan, you'll be able to speak better than me in terms of what shape you feel the squad's in. Do you feel this this current squad is ready to challenge for the title again, regardless of whether you win it or not? 
who who knows who's going to depart? Will Salah leave? Will he stay? We don't know. When we were just off the back of winning the title when Fergie left, Fergie literally won the league in his final season. Um, so I just basically said that the squad was at a, a pretty decent age, apart from maybe the front two, Van Persie, Rooney, everyone else was pretty youngish. I thought, yeah, um, we've got some decent-ish young players coming through. There was no reason why we shouldn't go on to at least compete for the title again. And how wrong was I? So I think this is going to be a huge shock to everyone, really. It's going to be interesting to see how some of the players react to it. Has Jurgen Klopp got another job lined up? I know, obviously, Barcelona, Real Madrid, their managerial situations aren't concrete. I know Ancelotti's just signed a new deal, but when someone like Jurgen Klopp comes onto the market, you, ju you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Xavi's under pressure at Barcelona as well, so... He said he's going to have a year out. Things change in football. You don't know if he is definitely going to have a year out. He might do that to honour the respect to the Liverpool legacy, but who knows how it, how it's going to pan out. I think the interesting thing, though, from a Liverpool perspective is, like, the, the timing of it. Because, yeah. like you said, would he have been better off announcing it at the end of the season, maybe when you won the league and everyone was on a high and stuff? Will things go flat from here? It's going to be interesting to see how the squad sort of reacts to the news. Are they going to rally together and say, let's send this guy on a high? I was listening to talk sport on the way home from work and the fans are very, very mixed. Like, Obviously, everyone's devastated. But in terms of that next appointment, I heard a couple of men saying Gerard. I heard people like saying Alonso and stuff like that. And Gerard would be a huge error, man. He's just not ready for the Liverpool job at all. Gerard, Gerard signed a new contract last week, didn't he? However, <laughs> he's look, like three games or something, man. He's like, he can't manage Liverpool, man. Gerard knows he's not getting the call. Gerard is out of the equation. I seen a list of the bookies' odds, and there was about a dozen names on there. His name wasn't even on there, so he must be about hundred to one, like on page two. <laughs> I love so, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's obviously saying Jabby Alonso, but again, we'll get to we'll get to who's next. But you've made a good point there, the timing. Now, Jurgen Klopp said in his interview that he decided in November. So what's happened in November, December, into January to mm. make it them wait two months? So, first of all, why wait two months? Second of all, why announce it in January? If you're gonna wait from November to January, why not wait till May, June? like you say, when you've won the league. So obviously they've announced today that not only Klopp will be leaving, but also his backroom team, Pep Linders and the, the other guy, can't remember his name, Lenny Kravitz or something. Yeah. Um, so to me, that would lean towards, we already know who is going to be coming in to replace them. And he already wants his own guys. So it is kind of like the whole team will be leaving, which obviously it's giving Liverpool fans a little crumb of comfort to think there's already a contingency plan in place for next season to help us get over Jurgen Klopp. But on the other hand, Trav, me and you've been watching ball for 35 years. How often has a manager announced that he'll be leaving at the end of the season and it's gone well? I can't no. think of any, can you? No, I don't. Fergie, Fergie tried to quit in 2002 and Dwight York started cheeking him up. So he decided to stay just despite Dwight York. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. It never goes well. But Arsene Wenger, he, he announced he was leaving, not renewed his contract, and they went downhill, downhill. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't happen, does it? No, it doesn't. It'd be very rare for it to not have some psychological effect on some members of the squad. 
especially some of the players that have just joined as well. That's the big thing. Like when Fergie left, Van Persie literally signed that season and then he announced he was leaving. I bet he couldn't believe it. So I think now, though, the big thing for me is as well, is we can't take for granted that Klopp's been, this is his ninth season. That is a long time now in modern day football. Can you think of any other managers that have been at their clubs apart from obviously Pep as well? for that length of time. It just don't happen anymore. So I'm swaying more towards believing what he's saying in terms of the exhaustion. I was saying this at the back end of the last season that I think to keep challenging, regardless of whether he was winning the title or not, I think I use that as a bit of banter, but to go hell for leather, keep competing for the league on the this, next... This, this is my point, Trav, and we kept saying it last summer. If you're getting backed, where is that pressure? You're living and dying by your own signings. You've got like a, a squad that Pep's got. Pep's not had a break from football, has he? No. No, I know each manager's different. They've got their own levels of intensity, maybe take the work home with them, can't sleep at night. I know everyone's different like that. But in my opinion, FSG have exhausted him by making him run under these conditions to the point where he probably does need um, well, maybe a rest. It a bit exhausted mentally thinking, how am I going to win more leagues on a 30 million net spend trying to find the exact right identity of player to improve this squad where the margins of error are so tight, like they're non-existent? But maybe, so maybe then it does have an impact that he, he doesn't win the league when he challenges it for it then. Because like you said, if let's say he's challenged for the league seven out of nine seasons and he won five of those then it, the complexion of it looks a lot different. Regardless of what your net spend is, he's probably going to want to carry on doing that. That's my point. So even yeah. if he was spending 50 million and winning five leagues out of seven, he's just going to keep carrying on. But the fact that I'm not I'm not like tarnishing his legacy at all, but the fact that he's probably looked at it and thought, I'm going hell for leather with what resources I've been given and I've only won the league once... If you if you had another nine years and then you said you're going to win one more title in the nine years, that's two titles out of 18 seasons. He's probably thinking, I've probably got a little bit, I'm not, it's not reflective of what I'm putting in. Do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. Like, the work he's putting in, he's not really getting the productivity out of it. So he probably thinks, well, I'm looking for a new challenge, which which sort of goes back to what I was saying last year. It's not that he doesn't like Liverpool. It's not that he's got anything against Liverpool. He loves the club, like he said in his interviews today. He'll die for the club. Um, but like you said, I think... It, I'm not saying it's all that, but I think that is a major factor. But I do think there's something else that has probably gone on as well, which which might not be revealed. I don't know if there's been a fallout or just something like that. But there's probably more than what meets the eye, definitely. Obviously, this summer was a little bit different, not just for the net spend, which Liverpool have spent more than they have in, in many years, probably since the Stuart Downing, Jordan Henderson Andy summer, Carroll. Andy Carroll. I don't know how much they spent that summer, but this summer, yeah, they spent 100 million net, but it was also under the guidance of Klopp's big mate, George Schmatka. Mm. So he was brought in kind of not under a cloud, but it was a bit like Klopp's mate, like what's his credentials? What's he done before in the game? Obviously, he left the summer window with a lot of praise because it was deemed a successful window, especially yeah. with us being top of the league in the way the players have integrated. But there was a kind of a shift. There was no director of football, Julian Ward, Mike Gordon. It, there was like claims that it was all falling apart behind the scenes. So again, it could be off the back of that, and especially with all Klopp's backroom uh, team leaving with him, 
to me, it's obvious something's happened. Yeah. And whether, yeah. That's a, whether that's a fallout from the summer window, Jude Bellingham, uh, Moises Caicedo, if that was real, would we really in for him? We lost Romeo Lavia. So when you think about it, maybe George Schmacker lost them deals and he struck lucky with the deals he did get over the line. But again, that might have had all a knock-on effect for Jurgen Klopp, thinking, I'm going to enter every season, not only with the smallest net spend out of the top six, but also going in with a team that were not even, or signings that are not even my first, second or third choice. Yeah. So that's where the, the exhaustion comes in, thinking, do I want to go into January like that? Do I want to go into next summer like that? How much longer can I can I go on? And then obviously you've got the elephant in the room, which is obviously Pep at Man City. But again, when we talk about uh, timing, Trav, I don't know about you, but it feels like something shifted in the league this season. With everything that's gone on with Everton, Nottingham Forest, the 115 charges over Man City. Have you seen that um, graphic? There's only £50 million been spent in this January transfer window. No. Last January, there was something like, it was either 380 or £800 million. Yeah, Clubs spent. Loads of players. Clubs spent. And now it's like the 26th of January. The window's nearly over and the, all the clubs have only spent £50 million. It feels yeah. like there's a shift and there's a kind of real fear about this FFP that it might finally, for once, be coming to fruition. Man City... Um, really really everyone's like scared and being apprehensive about what they're Exactly. So surely for Liverpool, who have been much maligned with their net spend, running a tight ship, self-sustained, all that, Liverpool fans, none more than me, screaming about net spend this, net spend that. Surely this is good for Liverpool, a club like Liverpool, that this could benefit Jurgen Klopp if he hangs in there just a, one more season. I mean, let's mm. say Man City do get 115 charges. They're relegated to the Vauxhall Conference or League Two, whatever it is, or even just down to the Championship. Or even that, just to the point, so you're clear at the top or something. That no opens, exactly, that opens the door for someone that could be Jurgen Klopp. And if he's had a problem with competing with Pep for the last eight years on the small net spend, then this is an opportunity. So again, the timing just makes absolutely no sense. Because hmm. like you said, yeah, it, is, it might be a thing where, like you said, could potentially seize the moment with what's happening with City. And I know there's a date that's an, an unknown date that hasn't been released yet about City's hearing and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out with them as well. So like you said, you would have thought it might have been an ideal opportunity for Jurgen Klopp to really push on and kick on. And like you said, the 2.0, the second team being built and that. But I go back to... The fact that nine years is a long time at one club and you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes, like you said, in his personal life and missing home and missing Germany. And has he got another opportunity up his sleeve? Like, I think he might have within a year's time. I don't I don't know what that opportunity is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what he's motivated by. He doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a person, personally, that's motivated by money, like a PSG necessarily. I think, if anything, I could see him probably... Like one in because maybe to test himself at, at one of the big two Spanish clubs, I think that's probably the only thing left for him now to really test himself in terms of that prestige. I think Italian footballs fell off like the older Juventus clubs and the Milan clubs, they're not where they were. I think if he was to take one of the other big jobs that are, that are available for him, obviously he's not going to go to Man United from Liverpool, he's certainly not going to go to City. Um, and I think and he's already managed in the Bundesliga. So I think that La Liga is probably the only league left for him to 
really show what he can do. And I think with Barcelona job looming and Xavi being under pressure, whether he gets sacked this year or... I, I would say Xavi is probably going to lose his job over the next season, definitely, with, with the pressure that they're coming under and obviously with Girona doing so well and stuff like that and Real Madrid being ever-present. I think... Do, I think it's quite a good fit, Jurgen Klopp to Barcelona, if I'm honest with you. I can, I can see him really adhering himself to the fans, um, the football that they play in terms of the intensity and Barca. And I know Klopp, um, Klopp and Pep played two different, totally different styles and it's more of a possession-based game in La Liga, but I could see Klopp going at Barcelona and, and really giving that a go. At one point, I'm not believing what he's what he's saying about uh, why he's leaving, exhaustion, and Pereira wants it to happen. Look, he wants yeah. it in. You can see it. Jose will welcome him at Barca with open arms. But on the other hand, I believe him when he's saying um, he's not going to get in an, another job for a club or a country for at least a year. I do mm. believe that, and obviously the proof will be in the pudding. If he does stay away from any job, then you know maybe he will believe it was down to exhaust exhaustion. It, it probably is. We're both agreeing that on that yeah. point. What we're not agreeing is the reason, and I'm pretty sure that FSG have exhausted him by asking him consistently to turn water into wine. Um, but what's it is what deal? it is. What's the deal with FSG? Are they just tight? Like, have they naturally got peas that they just don't want to give the manager, or well, have they actually not got money? I don't. I don't know. Like, you but it depends me. what you say. We've we've got money or not. They've. Obviously, this is well documented now. We've gone over it and you're probably bored of hearing it, but they've spent 500 million or maybe 600 million building two new stands. Yeah. Okay. So, long term, my kids and my grandkids will benefit from that, I hope. Yeah. But for the hearing now, all that's doing is increasing the equity. If the club was worth 5 billion before, it's worth 6 billion now with a virtually brand new state of the art stadium. That yeah. 500 million could have been spent on players to furnish Jurgen Klopp with all the resources he needs to win more than one league title, more than one European Cup. So he yeah. might feel a little bit aggrieved by that. But on the other hand, Liverpool are like debt-free. So mm. FSG have not got a mortgage like the Glazers have. They don't owe anything. The club hasn't got any debt. So nothing could stop them going to the bank and getting a billion pound loan and putting a billion pounds in the transfer pot. And when we're clear of FFP because we've got so much turnover... So it, it depends when you when you say are they skin. What does it mean by do you skin? Want the club to do that as a fan. It's now no. Last summer I said we've got a generational manager. This is a once in a lifetime manager, Jurgen Klopp, uh, Bill Shankley, Bob Paisley, mm -hmm. Kenny Dalglish. Once in a lifetime, every 20, 30 years, this kind of guy. If you're going to back any manager, you back Jurgen Klopp. So if you're ever going to do it, do it. They didn't do it. Um, well, they'll probably say they did do it. We got a loan to buy Dominic Sabosle. So that might even be a part of it, Trav. Jürgen yeah. Klopp might know. We're, play, we're paying off the loan for Sabosle for the next five years. So my 30 mil net spend is even smaller for the next five years. It's all these little bits that might be making him feel drained, making him feel exhausted. Like, yeah. I tell you what, I just can't do this. I can't consistently keep doing this. And it's all these little bits. But FSG are as rich as Stan Kroenke. I don't know what's happened to Stan Kroenke. I think he might have had a a life-defining moment where his, his life flashed before his eyes and he's decided he's going to live his best life for the next 30 <laughs> years before he dies because he's just going in. So FSG, the equivalent to Arsenal, is KSE. 
cronky sports entertainment. They're pumping money into Arsenal FC, basically financing all this spend. Arsenal FC owe KSE an extraordinary amount. It will come out on the latest finances. So when you say are they skin, I'm not 100% sure what you mean because the money's there if they chose to. Right. They could find They're just choosing to not spend it. They're choosing not to spend it. They want to increase their portfolio and buy basketball teams, ice hockey teams, and, and other sports ventures. Right. So, you know, they, they can choose to do whatever they want. Anyone can. They could also mm. choose to put a billion pounds worth of debt on Liverpool by mortgaging the club. And putting it in the transfer, Klopp could or the next manager could waste a lot and we've got a billion pounds worth of debt like Man United. Anything's possible. I can guarantee you one thing, though. If Arsenal don't get success, they'll have six, seven hundred pound debt like Man United in the next three or four years. They cannot afford to drop out of the Champions League, basically. Put it that way. So it's all a gamble for any club. Leeds tried it and nearly went bust. So anyone could do it. But yet, FSG... And not doing it for Liverpool, and we are where we are. We've got a generational manager that's winning us stuff. Uh, hopefully, they win more stuff this season with this strict net spend. But the way FFP's going with all the other clubs seemingly falling in line and getting a bit scared now, getting the heebie-jeebies about who might get points deducted or 115 charges might even end up in relegation for Man City. You can see yeah. that it's put the frighteners up everyone. So right now, a Liverpool fan that were pro-FSG, you could say, yeah, look at us, we're run the right way. But do you win loads of trophies like that? Probably not, on average. Not without Klopp either. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, listen, Trav, this is one of the, should be one of the happiest days of your life, brother. It is, brother. We are going to fall off a cliff now. I cannot stress to you enough how much we're going to fall that off. That bad? Do you reckon you're going to fall off? That oh, bad? we're going to fall off. We will fall off a cliff next season. I can guarantee it now. Wow. Can, you know what a manager... No one yeah. knows more than you what a manager does for a team yeah, after yeah. Fergie. Yeah, we will cool. absolutely fall off a cliff because not only have you got someone like Alonso or Deserbi coming in, which they're going to be so up against it following a Klopp, following a Ferguson, following an Arsene Wenger. They're going to be up against it. Any kind of negative... Like city squad, is it? Like that, that depth, like where someone... No, got baller ballers to work. Like you said, the likes of Salah and stuff, they are getting, they're the wrong side of 30. VVD's had the injury and that. Ah, oh, Baz, what's Baz saying? The whole of the back Barry's room. joined him. Yeah. Cheers for joining Barry. The whole of the backroom staff are leaving Liverpool. A number of reasons he's leaving. He may not be well or FSG. That's the thing, Barry. When, uh, I've been in the Liverpool group chat too, a few of my lads, and it got not a, a little bit testy. Is that the word? Not uh, mm. to the point where we're arguing, but it was like well, the two of us were... Was a little bit. Yeah, basically. Starting to annoy each other mildly, basically. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's FSG. So is one of my mates. Two others are just saying, look, it might be health, might be family. We've just got to give them the back until the end of the season and wish him well. It's been amazing, which it has, of course. Um, but we'll yeah. never know. Uh, at one point, they said, look, he said in his press conference, it's not. And it's like, well, he's not going to say, I've had enough of FSG. I can't do it anymore. They've like mm. stripped me bare. There's no money. I've given it my best shot for it. He's not going to say that, is he? Especially with another four months of the season still to go. There's still a league up for grabs. FA Cup, League Cup, Europa League. Which when again, I, makes no sense with the timing. When I think back to when Fergie left, after we had Moyes, and he got sacked after eight months. I literally just accustomed myself to thinking that 
I'm not going to think about a manager being at this club for longer than a four-year period. Now, obviously, when you find somebody like Jurgen Klopp, it's within the club's best interest to keep him as happy for as long as possible, and which which he have done. But like to me, when you get into this eight, nine, ten-year mark now, that's a long time. And Pep will be next. Believe me, within the next couple of years, I think Pep's going to do exactly the same thing. I can't see him staying there like United did for like 20, 25 years where Fergie did. I can't see him doing that. And Klopp, and Pep will continue to win the league without a shadow of a doubt, even if he doesn't win it this year and he stays next year. He's probably going to win it next year. But why, I, does, why does Pep not get exhausted then, Trav? Probably because of the money that he's getting, bro. <laughs> that, 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 well, there's that. And I don't know. like, And he's got money to make mistakes. Mm. And money to fix mistakes. Yeah. It's a different I don't know dynamic, what, isn't it? Yeah, like you said, like you said, mate, the, the relationship with the hierarchy is different. When, when, when City were taken over, he knew all of those directors. And then when he came to Man City, their CEO was from Barca. So that relationship's already been fabricated for about 20, 25 years before he even joined Barca. So all when Pep Guardiola was managing the academy and stuff like that, he probably had a mild relationship with him at that point. And all of, he didn't just bring his coaching staff, all of that hierarchy came from Barcelona as well. So he probably felt like he was at Barcelona, but just in Manchester. And I think that's a key thing. Like you said, when you talk about Klopp's relationship with FSG, it's probably been up and down. And like you said, Klopp's probably papered over the cracks for so long, putting up with what he calls crap and like wanting players and not getting them and stuff like that. I just think, like you said, I, I said this last season, I think he's just come to the end of his tether. And I think PSG will have a part to um, FSG, not PSG. I think FSG will have um, a part to play in that. Like you said, he, he's gone on a long time, probably not getting all of his transfer wishes and demands and selling players against his wishes as well. We can't forget about the departure, the likes of Coutinho when he left, probably didn't want him to leave and stuff like that. So, yeah, he, he's had to put up with a lot. A lot that we don't talk about because he's such an incredible manager. We talk about these kinds of things happening at other clubs, i.e. like Man United. It's like the whole world's coming down. But the way Klopp sort of deals with these sorts of things, it's like water off a duck's back. So he's done really well in that sense. And I just think it's like it's time for a new era. And as disappointing as it is and as devastated as you'll be, you've just got to try and look forward as a fan. Like that's the only thing you can do. Like when Fergie left, it was crushing. It was horrible. It felt horrible. And all you can do is think about the next person. So just put your energy about finishing the season off on a high and just try and get behind the next manager as much as possible. But I, I mean, I don't know how you're feeling like about the candidates that have been rumoured. Is there anyone that you just think is a categoric no? Apart from Gerard. Uh, Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have Gerard, man. I think even Steven Jarrett thinks he's a categoric no as well. I think he's even give up. Hence, signing the deal with uh, Saudi. Let's just get rich and retire in 20 years. That would be um, like Ollie, wouldn't it, if you get Gerard? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh has joined again. Good to see you, Josh. Cheers no for doubt. tuning in, brother. Yeah, so shocked here about Klopp. None more than me. Obviously, when it pinged through on my phone, a screenshot, it sent in my Liverpool group chat, and the lads were like, is that AI? And I'm like... Yeah. 
oh, it's real. So I'm watching the YouTube. He was like, nah, nah, that's a wind up. Is it April Fool's? And literally 30, 45, 60 seconds later, my phone started pinging. And then they're like, oh my God, it's real. Yeah. And it was literally like a sucker punch to the gut. Like literally felt like crying, like someone had died, man. I know. I thought it was a troll as well because, you know, it, Fabrizio broke it on his Twitter and I had to press the account to see if it was one of the troll accounts. But then I saw like 19 million followers. I was like, nah, that's real, mate. I couldn't believe it. I had to read it. No joke, Trav. I had to read it about three times. Yeah. I read it. I was like, have I read? I've misread that. Young Cop to leave. Hang on. Read it for the third <laughs> time. And I was like, Rah! Have you watched the full presser? Have you watched his full press conference from today? I mean, you watched it. I watched a bit of the presser um, and I've watched the 25 minute I'm leaving video, but I think there's an even an extended version of that. Is there? Yeah. And, and I haven't watched that really one. revealed in that as to reason. Nah, but do you know what? He's, he's a man of integrity. He's not going to start bad mouthing anyone. It's another yeah. one of them where we're probably never going to know unless he pens an autobiography in 20 years time. Maybe you'll find out then. But yeah. to me, right, Travis, you don't even need to know. All right. Yeah. It's in plain sight before you. The guy's turning water into wine. That's your phrase from the last eight years. Consistently turning water to wine. This is not sustainable for 20 years. You're not going to have a 20 year career at Liverpool doing that. Yeah. He was banking, praying for a buyout when we announced there was a potential sale in November 2022. I have got it pretty much straight in my head that he was hoping we would get new owners not because he hates fsg i don't think he does but he's hopped on again and again and again we've got restrictions we're running a certain way we would we like to sign this player that player of course we would but we can this is the conditions we work under this is the conditions assigned under it it's like what was his something about jude bellingham you can't give a ferrari to a, a toddler or something like yeah. that it was he's done all these sound bites yeah. So when he uses the words exhausted and he says the words, I can't be expected to go again and again and again and again. It's it's all that you could put it all together. Yeah. He's just basically thinking, I've done everything I can at this club. And he said that he couldn't leave it until the summer and see how it's the summer goes and maybe go head into September and think, I tell you what, this isn't right. He said, I'm being honest now, leaving in the summer. So again, that's another soundbite. It's another hint that I can't go into another summer with 30 or 40 million needing a sell to buy, needing a head into a pre-season and another transfer window, feeling that I'm not yeah. getting backed. Like, it's all there in plain sight. You, you talked about margin for error as well, and you're right with that, because it's not just about Man City, really, when you think about it, because the other clubs as well are all spending 150 million, 200 million, like Chelsea, we do. Even the likes of Villa, Spurs, they're all spending more than you know as well. So he's probably thinking it's only a matter of time before like we just bomb out the top four and stuff if if we don't start properly competing in terms of the spend. Because I know we have banter, but we actually did finish above you last year. So all it takes is one little drop-off with like a couple of midfielders and stuff, and that's all it took. And you finished outside of the top four. So he's probably thinking about the future and he's probably looked about what Liverpool are capable of spending and then he's looking at the state of the current squad with the likes of Salas and your Van Dykes and the Allisons, the wrong side of 30 and thinks, if I stay here for too much longer, I'm never going to have a side like I did do like four years ago. So yeah, he's and he's and yeah, Trav, he, he will probably end up leaving on a downer then, won't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll end up like when Wenger left. That's what would happen when Wenger left. And people were driving him out. And he probably don't want that to happen. So, yeah, he's getting out at the right time. Fans turning on him. Half empty stadium by full time. Stuff like that. Don't want that. that. That's nasty, mate. Like, when when you think back to how Wenger was, like, left the club. Because he wasn't sacked. But ultimately, I think they said, well, you got to go now because it's just not going to get any better. It became untenable for him, didn't it? And he got of a lot of a un, undeserved, unwanted abuse. But again, it goes back to expectation levels. I mean, let's go into next season now. Forget the new manager. What will you expect the next manager to deliver? A title challenge. As a fan, do you think that's realistic or not? And there's no right or wrong. I'm not playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. What are you saying going into next year? Under these owners, Trav, yeah. I don't expect anything. Honestly. And I know we can say, oh, Nets, Ben, Liverpool, and, you know, money doesn't guarantee success. And you always point to Man United. And under these owners, I'm thankful for everything Jurgen Klopp's done. I don't expect anything. Yeah, They just, they cannot take us forward on the pitch. Off the pitch, they're the world's best. Yeah, the world's best that what they've done from turning their 300 million investment buying us into a six billion pound um legacy for themselves, like their grandkids will never work ever again. Yeah. The best businessman ever, but on the pitch, I don't hold out any hope. Um, yeah. but as for the for the next manager, I'm, I'm praying for another once in a lifetime type of manager that can do it in the, a special Liverpool way. That's a nod to Jurgen Klopp. That was that was one of his first words in his press conference when he joined Liverpool. Let's try and do it in a special kind of Liverpool way. Obviously, that's all you can hope for, but I'm not holding my breath. Who I want it is Xabi Alonso. He's doing absolute wonders in the Bundesliga, challenging Bayern Munich. He's ex-Liverpool. I've even seen people say that we've got to get him before he joins like Chelsea or Man United. I was like, he's not joining Chelsea or Man United. He's Liverpool through and through. It's Liverpool, it's Real Madrid next. So maybe the timing is right. Maybe that's part of the reason why we've announced it in January. We're starting the talks with him. Look, do everything you can at Leverkusen. Try and get the Bundesliga title. But, you know, from June onwards, you're our man. Bring your backroom staff. So they've laid off our backroom staff. I'm I'm fearing the worst, Trav. What do I expect next season? Just to hang in top four, to be honest, and and still could qualify for the Champions League to spend to at least be able to spend that type of money without Champions League I'm not even comfortable with being able to spend 30 or 40 million to be honest you're talking about trimming the wage bill then I mean we know what Arsenal had to do when Arteta came in the first thing he had to do was get Aubameyang off the books get Ertzel off the books all these big uh, wages yeah, that'll be Liverpool because as you've already alluded to Salah's going to be 32 soon Alisson's 32 uh, Van Dijk's 32 it's not going to get any better. So it, there might be a stage of kind of cleansing the squad, bringing the average age down, bringing the wage bill down. I'm just fearing the worst, man. I really am. Um, Josh has just said, in your opinion, who's Liverpool's greatest ever manager? It's Jurgen Klopp, Josh. And don't just take my word for it. Look at the stats. I've seen something earlier. He's got the biggest win percentage out of all Liverpool managers ever. at like 60%. I think the next was Kenny Dalglish at 58%, Bob Paisley, 54%. Statistically, he's the best manager, win percentage. But obviously, I don't know all the managers. I'm 45 years old. The first manager I remember was Kenny Dalglish around uh, 1988, 1989. He's 
so for that reason, the manager that I know, Kenny Dalglish, I hear was fantastic. He never got to realise his full potential because England were banned from European competition back then, late 80s. And then obviously I've had to endure Roy Evans, Gerard Houllier, Rafa Benitez, who won as a European Cup. Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. You're going to get Rogers. <laughs> No, you can't get Roy back, man. Roy. Roy Hodgson. You can't get Roy back, man. But and listen, listen. the main thing is, Trav, you and Neil... Man United, Liverpool, uh, Man United, Arsenal fans, all over Twitter, all over Facebook. I've done a status on Facebook. This is a nod at the appreciation of the accomplishments of a, one of the world's greatest ever managers. Everyone is absolutely buzzing. I don't remember it this bad since Ferguson announced he was leaving. I mean, Wenger wasn't even like this. But obviously, Wenger, as we've just alluded to, he stayed too long. He was on a downward trajectory. He left like on awful circumstances, which no one wants that. Ferguson and Klopp, hopefully, there's still four months of the season left and we could win a, a quadruple of sorts. Hopefully he leaves on a high, but you, you lads are buzzing, aren't you? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing as well was because I was starting to eat my words a little bit because I was so confident that I didn't think Klopp would continue because of sort of the exhaustion and could he go again and could he build another side? And then I thought, oh, Liverpool are top of the league. He's back, man. He's got all this energy and he's buzzing. And he was talking about how much he was continuing loving this side. And he had that hunger back. And I thought, all oh, right, here he goes for another five or six years. You know what I mean? He's got that hunger back. So to get this news today was just like, again, obviously I'm buzzing. But at the same time, I was shocked. I was even like, wow, like, I can't actually believe where this has come from. Do you know what I mean? I didn't expect it to come at this point of the season with, with you doing so well, being in all competitions and that. But like you said, something's gone off. I'm not sure what, what's what gone off, but something's just not quite right with it. Playing um, devil's advocate, Trav, and you might know yeah. uh, from an opposition point of view, what positive could there be from announcing it now? Like, let's say, let's say this is a positive announcement in January. What possible positive could that be a few people have said oh the players will be busting a gut now for the next four months so he goes out on a high i'm not buying that but it is feasible it could you know happen. What i think it is i think it's to prepare the fans for a summer of change and everything and really like not and really leading up to that because let's say liverpool won the league and the last game of the season was at anfield they win the league everyone's buzzing then all of a sudden clock comes out with a microphone on the pitch and it's like i'm going do you know what i mean everyone's going to be like in meltdown do you know what i mean and then and i think then from that point everything the club did let's say they announced it on the last day of the season you're already assessing everything that goes on with apprehension. So the new manager comes in, his staff, all the signings, you're already questioning it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas they've done it now, at least the fans know in the summer he is not going to be there. That's he a good point. And imagine, Trav, last day of the season, we lose it by a point again. Oh, and man. then he quits. Oh, <laughs> mate. Oh, you can see people stop themselves. So done. <laughs> There's no way they could do that. I think they had to prepare the fans in some way. And I think, like you said, I think that's the only reason I think they've done it now. So there's no surprises in the summer. There's going to be no surprises sprung. 
they might even announce the new manager before the end of the season. You just don't know. Like you, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you said, you would think that they've got a plan in place in terms of who they want. They might not be able to get that guy. Alonso might think it's too early. He doesn't want to take the job straight after clock. You just don't know what people are thinking. But I think like I think somebody made an interesting point on the radio as well. How will Man U react to this news? Because the, the managers we've been linked with, will Liverpool be linked with the same managers? Um, we don't know. Um, th that's going to be the interesting point as well. Are we going to sack Ten Hag? I don't know what's going to happen. I know certainly Liverpool aren't going to go for Ten Hag if he gets sacked, but I think <laughs> <laughs> we know that for free. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see if we've got the same managerial targets if we do sack our manager as well. And like you said, Liverpool are guaranteed Champions League football. We're not, we're not more or less, we're not guaranteed that. Um, so yeah, I think that that throws an interesting spanner into the work. So it's going to be an interesting few months in, into the lead up into the end of the season to see what really happens. But without a shadow of a doubt, I think Liverpool are with 100% going to miss Jurgen Klopp. It's going to be very unlikely that somebody comes in and just hits the ground running. It's going to be normal service resumed. There's going to be a period of turbulence. I think the names, like you said, that at the bottom of the screen, if you were to get either of those two managers, I think they'd be a good appointment. I really do. I think Deserbi is ready for that big job without a shadow of a doubt because I think his work in Italy has gone unnoticed. Nobody really knew what he was doing in Italy and hands up. I didn't really because I didn't really watch him at that club, but I've done a lot of reading and a lot of research of what he was doing at Saluso in particular. He's come to Brighton. I think he's taken them onto another level from um, Graham Potter. And I think he's ready for that job. I, I, I think he fits the mould as well in terms of how Brighton recruit and what you spend and what he does with those players. I think he could go into Liverpool with that sort of model and not be like flustered by that sort of challenge. I think he'd actually relish it. I think he's got the character and the passion for the job. If you look at how he sort of reacts when Brighton score and when Brighton win games, just those little things, I see certain similarities to Klopp in that way. So I think he's got the character to do, do that job. I think he'd play very different to a Klopp team under De Zerbia. It'd be a lot more possession-based, a lot more methodical, a lot more build-up, a lot less direct whether that can adhere themselves to the fans, I don't know. But I certainly think he's got the credentials to manage a club like Liverpool. I think De Zerbi would go the same way as Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. I think he would buckle under the the size and magnitude of the club, the fan base, the job. Um, but another point that we haven't even touched on, Trav, uh, we're probably going to end it in another five minutes, is Jürgen Klopp leaves. There could be an exodus of players. Hmm. That happens often. Yeah. And that's what we haven't even touched on yet. There might be players that will have to play for Jurgen Klopp. Uh, I want to move away. I want to move abroad. There could be any any types um, of scenarios. The next mm. manager comes in, doesn't fancy a certain players who, who are a Jurgen Klopp favourite. So it's not just about there's a squad of 20 players, Klopp leaves, a Xabi Alonso, a Roberto De Zerbi comes in. And it's just business as usual, minimal change. It could be all change. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's the instability of the squad and the players are the most important. How are they going to be feeling about the news? Like you said, there's not... It, even the players that weren't playing week in, week out, there was a 
togetherness in the squad. Everybody was kept happy. Everybody got minutes. There was a lot of rotation and stuff. And he got that balance really, really good with the squad. So like you said, it is going to unsettle certain people. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, it, George Shamak's not renewing his contract. He's leaving also at the end of the season, isn't he? With all the backroom yeah. staff. So it's it's going to be all change, all new for Liverpool. Exciting in some ways, but obviously very daunting and and there'll be a lot of anxiety in other ways as well. Um, so let's just hope you, you knows what's going to be the right man and what is the right man. Do you know what I mean? Somebody who can win the title, somebody who can challenge for the title, somebody who just brings a nice brand of football. Who knows what the right man is when you lose such a. a a, a messiah in what Klopp has been for you, then there's just not, you can't find better than that. You, you're not going to get better than that. So the only way is down, unfortunately, for the next manager. And that's that's going to be the tough chat. That's the biggest challenge for Liverpool. Last comment, Josh, I think Salah could be off to Saudi this summer. That would be That's a good point. And if he does, he's still got a year left on his contract. So I'm not sure what kind of price he would command only having a year left, but I like to think for commercial reasons only, you could be thinking of 100 million plus if the new manager comes in and has 100 million plus the normal 30 or 40 million. If he's handed a war chest of 140 million to obviously replace Salah first, but also improve the squad, <clears throat> who knows what could happen? But I'm not looking forward to it, Trav. I'm absolutely heartbroken. I can't believe that when I woke up this morning, this is how I'd be getting into the evening of Friday, but this beats Caicedo day, all ends up absolutely devastated, feel sick. I'm going to do the Michael Owen thing today when he did his debut. <laughs> Ruin my hands, mate. Get the popcorn on, on load. Gonna it's going to be exciting times for rival fans. I know that much because uh, we're going to be, yeah, man, have some real tough times ahead and I can't believe it. Jurgen Klopp, thanks for everything over the last eight and a half years. Let's go out on a high and win the Premier League, Europa League, FA Cup, League Cup. Uh, you're already cementing your place as one of the greatest of all time, probably the greatest ever Liverpool manager for me, certainly in my lifetime. But it's been emotional. Trav, cheers for joining and yeah. helping me process this absolute bombshell news on a Friday. Have a great weekend. If anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Cheers, Rav. Oh, you beauty! What a headshot!